It is the best-selling book in history. No volume ever written has been more loved and quoted. And its words, sometimes simple and sometimes mysterious, should always be studied carefully. It is the Bible, the Word of God. Welcome to Bible Answers Live, providing accurate and practical answers to all your Bible questions. This broadcast is a previously recorded episode. To receive any of the Bible resources mentioned in this broadcast, call 800-835-6747. Once again, that's 800-835-6747. Now, here's your host from Amazing Facts International, Pastor Doug Batchelor. Hello, listening friends. Would you like to hear an amazing fact? Philip Stapleton was exploring a thrift store in the U.K., When he came across a painting he liked so much, he nearly spent $300 on it, even though he and the sellers knew it was just an imitation. After studying the unusual picture, he was inspired to do a little more research. He took the painting to an auction house to be examined by an art expert named Rosie May. After very carefully studying the painting and taking it out of the frame, she found a message with a very clear signature from Pablo Picasso one he used earlier in his career. Then with a spyglass, she noted that it had been dedicated to his nephew, Javier. Philip said that he was stunned when he heard that the painting was probably authentic and could be worth millions. No one knows exactly how much, but back in May 2015, another Picasso painting fetched more than $179 million in a Christie auction. Whatever the final amount, he had made the purchase of a lifetime. Friends, you know, the Bible says that sometimes a pricey investment can pay off in a big way. Stay with us. We're going to learn more on this edition of Bible Answers Live. You're listening to Bible Answers Live, accurate and practical answers to your Bible questions. Welcome, listening friends, to Bible Answers Live. And this is, just as it sounds, a Bible answer program. If you call in with your questions, we will do the best to answer them. And a lot's going on in the world today with everything from uh, the coronavirus to earthquakes. And we're going to be talking about the Word of God. Phone call if you'd like to call in with your questions, 800-463-7297. Not only are we on uh, satellite radio and a number of land-based stations, we're on the Internet around the world, and we're on Facebook and uh, you can, that would be the Doug Batchelor Facebook page or the Amazing Facts Facebook page. You can watch what's happening here in the studio as well as call in your question. And I am Doug Batchelor. My name is John Ross. Good evening, friends. And Pastor Doug, as we always do, let's start the program with prayer. Dear Father, we thank you that we do have this time to open up your word and study together. And we ask your blessing upon us here in the studio and with those who are listening, wherever they might be, at home, scattered across this country, and even around the world, Lord, that you would guide us into a clear understanding of your word and that we would be encouraged and strengthened as we look at the Bible. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor Doug, we open the program this evening uh, in rather an interesting situation. It's the uh, 22nd of March. And for those who are listening, uh, we're in California, Sacramento, the capital of California. And uh, Thursday last week, I believe it was, uh, the governor of California uh, issued a sort of order that uh, everybody's shelter in place or (laughs) stay home, so to speak, hibernate. 
stay away from large crowds. And uh, we can, we just, we're talking before the program, the economic impact that this would have on so many small businesses, family-run businesses. Uh, it's, it's unprecedented that something like this has ever happened before. And, of course, we keep hearing reports about more and more people getting sick and the death toll seems to increase. And uh, just uh, an amazing time that we find mm. ourselves in. It is. Yeah, and it's, you know, the, the, the virus, as we're watching the news, is filled with this unfolding around the world. And, and uh, we have amazing facts as missionaries in India. I was on the phone with them last night, and they're basically, they're kind of locked down in the city of Hyderabad. They took a picture outside the window. You and I have worked in India several times, and it's constant honking of horns, and uh, the streets are just so loud. And she took her phone and put it out the window, giving me live video feed and said, listen, no horns, you can hear birds. It is scary. We've never heard <laughs> birds in the street. So during the day, the streets are all locked down, but they're letting people come out to shop. And this time of year, it's very hot in that part of India. But same thing with Africa. They're beginning to have cases now in some of these congested countries that don't have the medical resources. And the world's on edge. They're on edge. You know, it makes me think of the book of Job how the tests that came to Job were tests of wealth and then health. And it's like the, the uh, world is going to be really tested on the health front and the wealth front in the next few years. Well, you know, maybe at least months, but I think the fallout may last for years. And Job's uh, challenges came in a very short period of time. And just look at how things have changed in the last week. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But now we're drifting a little bit. Our, our fact was talking about finding real riches, which is this this man discovered he had bought, he, it was, you know, he, he knew it was a, a Picasso, what they call a knockoff. Some artist said, oh, I'm going to make an imitation Picasso. And he said, oh, that looks pretty good. It almost looks like the real thing. So he bought it, thrift store. Found out on investigation, it was some one he had given to a family friend that ended up in a thrift store, and it was real, and it's worth millions. He paid $300. Now, you can imagine if you own the thrift store, you'd be really kicking yourself. Or if you're the family member that donated the <laughs> work exactly, of art. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But it makes me think of a parable in the Bible where Jesus said in Matthew 13:45, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he has found a pearl of great price, he goes and sells all that he has that he might buy it. Well, this man was thinking, well, $300 is a lot for a thrift store painting, but he recognized some value in it, and boy, was he thankful he did it. But when you find that pearl of great price, that's speaking of Christ and eternal life, the plan of salvation. It's worth selling everything. Jesus said, if you'd come after me, you need to be willing to forsake all and you'll have treasure in heaven. Not to mention this life's a lot better too. But we have a special offer if people want to know how to receive that treasure, especially during a time when they're faced with uh, physical economic challenges. It's a classic Pastor Doug, a book entitled Riches of His Grace. Amazing Facts has been carrying this book for a number of years, and it's really inspiring. It's encouraging to read about the plan of redemption and what God has in store for those who love him, if you'd like to receive the book, again, it's called The Riches of His Grace. And the number to call for that is our resource phone line. It's 800-835-6747. And you can ask for the book called The Riches of His Grace. That's 800-835-6747. And as long as the mail is still working, which it is at this point, 
we're going to do our very best to get this free offer to you in the mail. So just call and ask for that. Again, it's 800-835-6747. If you're in North America, if you're outside of North America, we encourage you to go to the website, just amazingfacts.org, and you can uh, read the book for free on our uh, library there, amazingfacts.org. We're ready to go to the phone lines? All right. We've got Don listening in Florida. Don, welcome to the program. Hello. Hi, thanks for waiting. My question is, I once heard a pastor on the radio say that Jesus never called his mother, mother, but woman. And that was because he didn't want people mistakenly thinking that she was the mother of God, like they do in a certain Christian sect. They make her out to be a deity. What is your thought on that? Well, I would agree that it was never the intention of God or Mary that she should be treated as a deity. There's nothing in the scripture that says we should pray to Mary or treat her as that she's a saint above another church member. She was given a very noble position. She was no doubt a godly woman. We look forward to seeing her in heaven. But nothing in scripture says that she should be exalted on the level that some have put her, where you pray to statues or paintings of Mary or you know, go through rituals. The Bible says we approach God through Christ, not through any earthly family member. The word, when Jesus says in John chapter 2 and John chapter 19, he refers to his mother as woman, that doesn't mean every time he talked to her, he said woman. And the word woman was not disrespectful. You know, years ago in the hippie era, when I grew up, if a motorcycle rider called his, his girlfriend woman, it was sort of degrading. But that original word that you find in John, woman, it means madam. It was a term of respect for a lady. And he may have used that in public when addressing his mother, but I'm sure it only called her mom. And I think also the context, the first time you read that is John chapter 2, verse 4. Jesus was approached by his mother, and she asked to help out in a situation where at the wedding they had run out of of, uh, wine or grape juice. And I think it was important for uh, Mary to understand that even though Jesus was still her son, she also needed to recognize that he wasn't simply for her service. Up to that point, the last 30 years, Jesus was home taking care of his mother, taking care of the needs of the family. But the time had come for him to do a much bigger work. And I think it was important for Mary also to recognize that Jesus was not only her son, but she needed to be, she had to understand that he was also a savior. And there was a transition that had to occur. So I think that's part of the reason why Jesus uh, says things the way he did. Does that make sense? Well, it, it brings to mind um, a verse in Matthew twelve fifty, I think, where uh, a disciple says, hey, Jesus, your mother and your brothers are outside. They want to see you. And Jesus turns to his disciples and says, my mother, brothers, and sisters are those who do the will of my Father in heaven. Mm-hmm. So it seems like he doesn't give her any special status I mean, he's related to her, but he loves all women and and men. I mean, he died on the cross for us. It just seems like uh, that's the priority. He, he loves them the same. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like uh, Pastor Ross was saying a minute ago. He's reiterating that even more important than any genetic or earthly tie, any biological tie was doing the will of God. What really makes us the children of Abraham is when we accept Christ and his teachings and follow them. It wasn't anything, a person can't say, well, my dad was a pastor, so I'm going to heaven. 
or even Jesus' brothers and sisters couldn't say, well, you know, I get a pass because I've got a genetic tie. No, you have to be doing the will of God. Thanks so much. That's a great question, Don. Next caller that we have is uh, Ginger listening from uh, Nebraska. Ginger, welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor John and Pastor Doug. Good evening. Evening. My question is pertaining to Isaiah 26, 20, and 21. Does those verses have anything to do with quarantine? Well, let me read them. Isaiah, you said chapter 26, verse 20 and 21. Come, my people, and enter into your chambers and shut your doors behind you. Hide yourself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation is past. For behold, the Lord comes out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. For the earth will also disclose her blood and will no more cover her slain. Well, it is talking about taking shelter, but it's not talking about uh, fallout shelter. It's not talking about sheltering at home. This is talking about uh, he who hides in the most high. And I forget the exact wording in Psalm 91, but it says the Lord is our habitation. And the, you know, we sing a song in our church called the Lord is a shelter in a time of need, the Lord our rock. And so it's really talking about being sheltered in Christ, not inside a bunker per se. But it is interesting. You know, I bet I'll get that question again. Because uh, it, it is an interesting verse that makes you think, kind of harkens about what's happening now where everyone's kind of hiding at home. And most of all, I think this verse is talking about uh, when it says, enter into the chambers and shut your door. You know, when the, the angel of judgment went through the land of Egypt, they had to be in a home with the blood over the door and they were protected from the plague. In the time of Rahab, to survive the destruction of Jericho, they needed to be in the house with this red rope. The, that represents the blood of Christ. And the best safety for people in our day is to be in Christ and to be under the blood, as you say, under the blood of the Lamb. Good question. Hey, we appreciate that very much. Thanks so much. You know, it's also interesting. Jesus spoke about entering into your chamber and closing the door when it comes to prayer. And I think if ever there's a place of safety for the believer now, it is in communion with God. It's in prayer. That's absolutely right. So we're emphasizing that point. You know, we probably ought to mention something just in case people are wondering if, if California's got this shelter law, what are we doing here at the Amazing Facts Studios? We ought to let people know that uh, we've got a very reduced crew operating here tonight. And the governor and the, the laws of the state do allow for agencies that operate media to continue operation. We have... Uh, a greatly diminished crew, but we do operate uh, three TV channels, two in Sacramento, one national satellite channel, and they don't want media to shut down. So praise the Lord, we're at least temporarily exempt. And we're, we're trying to maintain our six feet. <laughs> I've been right. telling Karen maintain six feet, but she's not listening to me. <laughs> You're listening to Bible Answers Live. This broadcast is a previously recorded episode. If you'd like answers to your Bible-related questions on the air, please call us next Sunday between 7 p.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific Time. Call us at 1-800-GOD-SAYS. For life-changing Christian resources, visit afbookstore.com. Next caller that we have is Tommy listening in Alabama. Tommy, welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Pastor, for taking my call. I know right now, uh, with all this going on and a lot of death going on, but as Christians, we're not to fear death in any way. But when the body dies, I just wondered about the soul and spirit. Um, does it go to heaven or does it go to the grave with the body? Well, first we've got to answer what is spirit. And the word spirit, you've got, of course, a Greek word and a Hebrew word. 
The word spirit in Greek would be pneuma, and it simply means breath or wind. I bet you've used pneumatic tools before. Those are tools that are driven by wind, by air. In the Old Testament, the word was roach, and it meant breath. It's simply saying that when a person dies, you can read this in Ecclesiastes 12, is it verse 7? The spirit returns to God, and that means the breath returns to God. When anyone dies, man, animal, good, bad, when someone dies, the breath of life returns to God. The body returns to the dust as it was until the resurrection. And at the resurrection, God is going to breathe that breath of life back into these new glorified immortal bodies, and we will forever be with the Lord. So when a person dies... Is that considered soul sleep? Not really. I mean, people call it that, but think about it for a second. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, right? Right. So if you're a Christian and you die, your next conscious thought is the resurrection. So for you, it's a moment, the twinkling of an eye. It happens almost instantaneous. Well, God lives outside of time. So when our loved ones die, the next thing they know is the resurrection. But the resurrection hasn't happened yet because the judgment and the resurrection, the Bible says, is in the last day. The Bible say the living know they'll die, but the dead know not anything. That's Ecclesiastes chapter 9. So would it be okay if we send you, we've got a study guide that's got all these verses in it, and a lot more than we can give you in two or three minutes. That'd be okay, Tony? Yeah, that'd be great. Call this resource line. We've got a great study called, Are the Dead Really Dead? The number to call for that is 800-835-6747. And again, you can ask for the study called, Are the Dead Really Dead? And we'll be happy to send that to you or anyone who calls and asks. It's 800-835-6747, as well as a website. You've got some time on your hands. Perhaps you're at home. You can uh, look up the website, deathtruth.com deathtruth.com and there's a lot of resources available even some video content that you can look at some great sermons great bible studies on the subject of what happens when a person dies harold is listening in sacramento harold welcome to the program hi good evening uh pastor doug pastor ross evening how can we help you well uh me and my dad we um we kind of got into a little debate about it um what happens to christians um okay um are we being judged right now or will we be judged after we die? And as with um, with the unrighteous, with the wicked, are they being judged right now also? Or, or will they be judged after they die? Great question. So first, there are phases of judgment. We know that when the Lord comes, he's giving out rewards because the Bible tells us judgment must begin at the house of God. And it says, behold, he comes with the clouds. His reward is with him. So if God is giving rewards when he comes, then at least some aspect of the judgment takes place before he comes to distinguish who's saved and who is lost. God knows who's saved and who's lost when he comes because the Bible tells us there's two separate resurrections. So for God to know, of course, God knows everything, but for him to demonstrate if you're in the first resurrection or the second resurrection, some judgment has to take place before he comes to determine if you're going to make it or not. Then there's a great wide throne judgment you can read about in Revelation, is it 22? Yes, starts in chapter 20. That is, of course, uh, in the future, and then your final, the executive judgment where sentencing happens is at the end of the 1,000 years. 
we have a study guide. Harold, we're glad you called with that question because we have a study guide that deals with... That's right. The uh, study guide is called Case Closed, The Final Judgment. We'll be happy to send this to anyone who calls and asks. The number to call, as we've given earlier, is our resource line. That's 800-835-6747. And again, just ask for the study guide on the judgment. It's called The Final Judgment. And we'll be happy to send it to anyone who calls and asks. Uh, we've got Frank listening in uh, Alabama. Frank, welcome to the program. Hi. Uh, yes. Uh, I was just wondering, you know, with so many churches not meeting physically right now, of course, uh, Christians need fellowship and, uh, edu- you know, Christian education and things like that. What would you recommend as far as online churches or maybe even online churches or some types of conference calls, maybe even that allow audience participation? Do you have any ideas about things like that? Because we sure need something right now. You know, Frank, I'm so glad you asked that question. It, Pastor Ross and I were talking just before the we went on the air and we said we need to let people know how much Amazing Facts is doing to provide online worship services and Bible studies, live ones. And we're looking at different ways that people can join us even through technology like Zoom, where you can actually see little pictures of the participants. Our pastors divided up the phone numbers of members, and I've been making phone calls today, and the other pastors just praying with the members. So we've got to stay connected. But in some ways, Frank, I think that what's happening now is a blessing, because for years, a lot of Christians have started thinking that the church was the building, And now when we can't gather in the building, they're realizing the church is the people. We're needing to stay connected. Praise God, we've got technology. You know, if this was 100 years ago, it'd be difficult. But we've got telephones and we've got cell phones and internet where we should be uh, checking in on each other, praying with each other. And Amazing Facts is streaming more and more programs right now to minister to those that are hunkered down in their homes. You know, we have people that are sitting at home over the weekend. Maybe you're looking for some Bible study. Uh, We do have a Bible study that we, Pastor Doug and uh, the rest of the team here, we actually live stream a Bible study every Saturday morning at 10 o'clock, which we're doing during this crisis. Then also a a worship service at 11 o'clock. So you're welcome to tune in. I believe, Pastor Doug, it's available Well, on Facebook, on YouTube, uh, you can go to the Granite Bay Church website and uh, you can also get more amazing facts. So trying to do everything we can to communicate hope and encouragement and the word even to folks who are at home. And I understand we started this uh, this past weekend and even uh, the weekend before, we've had some of a record number of folks tuning in live 250,000 people viewed the program two weeks ago now after we broadcast it takes a few days for people to pass it around and share and you don't have to wait till saturday or sunday to watch a good sermon i think when people are in their homes they ought to be doing all the studies that they can that's right that's a great question frank we're really glad you called and asked that amazing facts this is what we do is we provide evangelistic devotional bible study material we got an archive also of not only these programs, but we've got oh, probably hundreds of sermons and YouTubes that are online from different evangelistic programs. You know, Pastor, you also released a, uh, a little uh, Facebook video clip about hoarding food. You know, there's a lot of people out there lining up with their grocery carts, waiting for the stores to open uh, and uh, the shopping like never before. And uh, you had this great little, and I think it's available still on Facebook. Yeah. It's called Hoarding Food for... How to Hoard Food for the Storm. For the Storm. I think we had like 500,000 views at the various sites. So 
And it's got a little bit of a twist, yeah. People think I'm talking about how to hoard food, but it's really storing away the Word of God. We're going to try and provide. I got a new study I'd like to put out this week on what we're learning prophetically from this pandemic. Oh, yeah. Very important. All right. Thanks for your call, uh, Frank. Uh, next caller that we have is listening from uh, Tennessee. Uh, do we have uh, Lida, Lydia listening? Yes, Lida. Lida. Hi. Welcome to the program. Hi. Uh, nice to be here. Um, my question is um, the chip considered the mark of the beast? And if not, what would be? Great question. You know, there have been a lot of theories about what is this mark in the hand or in the forehead. And for a while, I remember when the um, computer technology, I'm old enough to remember when they first started using more computer technology, and they had a big computer in Brussels. That was a whole building. And it was called the Beast. And it was, you know, tracking some global financial information. And everyone said that was the Beast. Of course, now that whole computer will probably fit in my watch, all the the technology in that computer. And then for a while, they said that when the barcodes first came out and they started putting barcodes on all the products, my friends said, that's the beast. Don't buy anything that's got a barcode on it. And I think all those friends starved to death years ago. And then now more recently, they got the, is it called the RFD um, chips? that they put, you know, they put them for years. They've been putting them like under the skin of dogs. So you can find a stray dog and find his owner and his address. And now workers are putting them uh, in different organizations under their skin there. And they can actually be scanned in and out of work. And it tells what, when they, they don't have to clock in, they don't have to clock out. And folks are saying, that's it. So others are doing it when they, a medical information so that there can be a paramedic and they can just quickly scan their chip and find out what's their history and what are their needs and what are their medicines and get a little frightening all the information that's being gathered on every individual they have so much on our phones now if you've got a google or facebook account there is so much information they know where you are and what you're buying that is not the mark of the beast now let me tell you the devil i think is going to use that technology in the last days But if you read in Deuteronomy chapter 6, after God gives the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy chapter 5, chapter 6, he says, These words I command you today shall be in your heart. Now, we know that's a symbol. It means in your affections, not physically in your heart. And you shall bind them for a sign on your hand, and they shall be frontlets between your eyes. Three times in the law of Moses, it says, On your hand, in your forehead, on your hand, in your forehead, on your hand, in your forehead where to have the law of God. That means in your actions, in your thoughts. In Revelation, it not only says that those who worship the beast will have the mark on their hand or in their forehead, those who worship God will have the name of God in their forehead. Well, we don't think that uh, churches are going to put a chip under the, the eyebrows of people. So it's not a computer chip. It's talking about in the head, in the forehead means in the mind, In the hand means in the action. It's going to be seen in the worship and in the behavior uh, in the last days. Who do they obey? Do they obey the laws of the beast or do they obey the laws of God? Lydia, if it's okay, we have a study guide that talks about the mark of the beast and we want to send you a free copy. Anyone that wants to know about this, you want to know what is the mark of the beast, especially in these days, we have a study that'll make it clear. It's simply called the mark of the beast. This is one of our amazing facts study guides and we'd be happy to send this to anyone who asks. The number to call for that is 800-835-6747. And again, just ask for that study guide. It's called the mark of the beast. Very important subject. You know, one of the most fearful warnings in all of the Bible, Pastor Doug, is don't worship the beast, don't receive his mark. 
So it's important for Christians to understand this, uh, this teaching, to know what is the beast, what is the mark, how to avoid it. Yeah, please get that free study, The Mark of the Beast. Now, we're not going away. You hear the background music. This is a live program. Call in with your Bible questions. The best is yet to come. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Bible Answers Live will return shortly. If you enjoy hearing solid biblical answers on Bible Answers Live, you can have those same insights at your fingertips through the Amazing Facts Prophecy Study Bible. The updated hardcover version is available at its lowest price ever and includes the complete set of Amazing Facts 27 study guides, plus a Bible numbers and symbols chart and eight pages of colorful maps. This best ever Bible gives you a biblical cyclopedic index, words of Christ in red, chronology of the Old Testament, along with Doug Batchelor's How to Study the Bible feature and much more. Call us at AF Bookstore to learn more about it at 1-800-538-7275. The Amazing Facts Prophecy Study Bible stands apart from other Bibles, giving you the same solid answers you hear each week on Bible Answers Live. Order your copy today at afbookstore.com or by calling 1-800-538-7275. The Bible tells us that salvation, of course, emanates from God. So we need to know something about God to rightly understand and embrace salvation. Yet in the church today, there's a great deal of confusion about the nature of God. Now, the Bible says God is one God, but is he three persons? Is Jesus also eternal God? Because Jesus is the Son of God, does that mean there was a time when he did not exist or he was brought into existence? Is the Holy Spirit a person or is he just the force and the energy that God uses to communicate. You know, I thought this was so important, I really felt led of the Lord to write a book on the subject called Exploring the Trinity, One God or Three. In this book, we answer those very important questions. We talk about the history of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, as well as the history of the Holy Spirit in the church and how it has been much debated. This is something we really need to understand because Jesus said eternal life comes from knowing God. You're listening to Bible Answers Live, where every question answered provides a clearer picture of God and His plan to save you. So what are you waiting for? Get practical answers about the good book for a better life today. This broadcast is a previously recorded episode. If you'd like answers to your Bible-related questions on the air, please call us next Sunday between 7 p.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific Time. To receive any of the Bible resources mentioned in this evening's program, call 800-835-6747. Once again, that's 800-835-6747. Now, let's rejoin our hosts for more Bible Answers Live. Welcome back, listening friends. California is on lockdown, but Bible Answers Live is live. And if you've got questions about the Word of God, maybe Bible prophecy, maybe pandemic or prophecy, whatever it is, give us a call. We don't have all the answers, but we'll search the word together. I'm Doug Batchelor. My name is John Ross. We're going to go uh, back to the phone lines. We have uh, Mariano listening. Uh, Mariano, welcome to the program. West Virginia, I believe. Yes. Thank you for calling. Yes. I mean, thank you for answering. Yeah. And your question. Um, uh, yes. I wanted uh, to make a comment. Uh, in 2003, we started visiting 
the church and a member um, lend us DVDs from your conference in New York City in 1999. Oh, yes. And that made all the to understand the message of the Bible. Well, praise the Lord. Now, so go ahead. You better ask your question. Your phone feel, sounds like it's breaking up a little bit. Yes. Um, um, Adam and Eve were created, and they were given the... Um, uh, in the uh, Garden of Eden, with the Tree of Life, but they were created to live forever. But they still had the Tree of Life, and I, I just don't understand why. And, and if they were going to um, fill the earth, God was going to put Tree of Life continent or something. I don't know. Yeah. So if. If they had the gift of uh, everlasting life, then did they need the tree, the fruit, to stay alive? Is that what you're kind of wondering? Yes, that's my question, precisely. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see what we can do. Evidently, you know, when God first made Adam and Eve, he was giving them bodies that have the potential of living for eternity, but they were required to continue eating from the tree of life. Because once God, you know, once they sinned, God said they were no longer able to eat from the tree of life. And now their lives, they would eventually age and die. But you didn't need to eat from the tree very often, evidently, because Adam and Eve lived um, 900, well, Adam, 930 years. In heaven, the tree of life will be there. Yes, we are given the gift of eternal life. The Bible tells us that there's a new kind of fruit on the tree every month. So I think we're going to be eating from that tree probably monthly. God gives us the gift of everlasting life, but we still have bodies in heaven because it says we're going to eat. We'll plant vineyards. We will eat. We will still drink. When Jesus rose from the dead, he had a glorified body, but he said to the disciples, do you have anything to eat? So isn't that interesting? You know, people in heaven are not going to commit suicide by starving themselves. And so, yeah, they've got eternal life, but they need to cooperate with God's divine laws. And one of them is you eat from the tree at least once a month, I suppose. I don't know. And, of course, they gather in the New Jerusalem to eat of the fruit of the tree once a month because the Bible says there's 12 different kinds of fruit. Yeah. So every month you go get a different kind of fruit from the same tree, <laughs> which is kind of neat. I like Baskin-Robbins, 31 flavors, except it's got 144 flavors. 12 different kinds of flavors, 12 times a year. I'm not sure I can support that from the Bible, but anyway. <laughs> hey, thanks so much, Mariano, and, and good, uh, good to hear the testimony about the Net New York meetings. Next caller that we have is Ruth listening from Georgia. Ruth, welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor Doug and Pastor John. Thank you for taking my call. I understand the symbolism when a sinner brought a lamb for a sin offering in the Old Testament. It was to remind them of Jesus, the Lamb of God, who would someday come to forgive our sins, or has come. But what was the purpose or meaning of multiple sacrifices of bulls, rams, and lambs during certain Israelite festivals? such as referred to in Numbers 29, verses 12 through 35. Well, I won't be able to read verses 12 through 35 on the air. You know, all of the sacrifices in one way or another talked about God's having mercy on them as a nation and as families and individuals. A family might bring, if they were poor, they might bring a sacrifice of a dove. I don't think that's mentioned in this section, but in Leviticus, it actually talks about bringing turtle doves. Then they might bring a sheep or a goat. 
they might bring a bull. The most expensive sacrifice they could bring was usually a bull, an oxen. And when David brought the tabernacle, I'm sorry, he brought the um, ark up to Jerusalem, he'd walk six paces and they'd sacrifice. And when Solomon dedicated the temple, it's almost inconceivable. They, they sacrificed thousands to showing their, their love and their worship and sacrifice of God. And of course, those sacrifices also served to feed people during that time. And uh, there were a lot of people in the, in the kingdom for the dedication. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a wasted butchering that was going on. All the blood from the various animals was all pointing to cleansing from sin and atonement. Now, I'm not a Hebrew scholar, and so I'm sure there's much more to this than... Uh, we do have a book that talks about the feast days and what the meaning is of Christ in the feast days. Uh, so I think we've got uh, a fairly new book that deals with that that you would probably really appreciate. If you'd like to receive that book, I'm just looking for the actual title, Pastor Doug. It's new. You can just ask for the book on the feast days, and uh, we'll be happy to send that to you, Ruth, or anyone. The number to call is 800-835-6747. And again, just ask for the book on the feast days. It's a fairly new book that Amazing Facts has. We'll be happy to send it to anyone who calls and asks. Next caller that we have is listening from Toronto, Canada. We have Jonathan, who's on the line. Jonathan, can you hear us? Yes. Hi, Jonathan. How old are you? Five. You're five. Well, bless your heart. And what is your question for us tonight? My question is, why did Jesus die for us? Oh, that's a good question. That's one of the most important questions. It's because we've done things wrong. We disobeyed our Father in heaven, and we broke his law, and there's a serious punishment for breaking his law. The Bible says that it's a very dangerous thing to break God's law because it causes death. But Jesus loves us, and he didn't want us to die. He said, I will die for you. It's kind of like uh, if someone, if you do something wrong and your parents have to punish you or spank you, and someone says, no, I want to take it for you because I love you. Jesus took our punishment for us because he loves us. That's why he had to die on the cross, because he wants us to say, but he rose from the dead. He's alive in heaven now, and he wants us to be with him in heaven too. You know, Jonathan, we have a series of lessons at Amazing Fast geared for kids. You might need to have a, an older brother or sister help you with it, but it's called Amazing Adventure. And one of the lessons that we have, Pastor Doug, deals with this important question. Why did Jesus have to die? So if you would uh, have your parent go to the Amazing Facts website, and they'd be able to find out how they can get the Amazing Adventure set of lessons. And, and you get an older brother or sister, if you have one, or even your parents, and uh, you guys go through those lessons. I think you'll really be blessed. Thanks for your call, Jonathan. Thanks for listening all the way up there in Toronto, that Canada. That might be one of our youngest calls. That's right. <laughs> We've got Don listening in Florida. Edgar, is that you? Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Th and thank you for calling. Thank you for answering. My question is the following. I believe I noticed a very important prophecy in the Bible, which can be helpful to many people but I'm not actually sure whether I can share that information with others or not. And uh, the reason of uh, my hesitation is Second Peter 1, verse 20, uh, which says, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. Could you please interpret this verse? 
Yeah, we'll do our best. Thank you, Edgar. You know, if you feel like God has given you some understanding on a, a prophecy that maybe has been neglected or some new light, then you should go and visit with people that you think are well-grounded in the Bible where it says no private interpretation. You know, we're, we're strengthened by studying together. The Bible tells us that the Berean Christians were noble because they searched the word and they did it together to see if these things were so. In the multitude of counselors, there is safety. If one person comes up and they said, I've got new light, and nobody else recognizes that it makes sense biblically, it may not be from the Lord. Usually there'll be the mouth of two or three witnesses that will say that is sensible. It's biblically supported. And so I'd start by going to respected pastors or elders in your church family and saying, the Lord has put this on my heart that it may be some new light. What do you think I should do before I share that? Does it make sense? And I'd begin there, Edgar. Hey, thank you for your call and your question. Next caller that we have is Kimberly listening from uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Kimberly, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you, both pastors. I was just wondering, um, with all the things that are happening in the world right now, it just reminds me of possibly, could we be entering the little time of trouble? Great question. Uh, I've heard someone else ask that question. And just for our friends out there that are wondering, what is Kimberly talking about? Everyone knows, all Christians agree, there's a great time of trouble. It's called the tribulation. Revelation calls it the seven last plagues. And I love and respect uh, Christians on both sides of this. You know, some believe that that's in the past. Uh, Some believe that that uh, time of trouble is in the future. Some believe that great time of trouble is going to happen after the second coming of Jesus or the rapture. Some believe it happens, the rapture happens in the middle of this time of trouble and that there's a small time of trouble before and then the great time of trouble after. I'm in the group that believes that the time of trouble happens before the second coming. We believe that the second coming happens after the tribulation. Before the great tribulation, when a death decree says people should be killed, everyone knows it says that in Revelation, those who do not worship the image of the beast should be killed. It's very plain. No one can misunderstand that. But before that, it says there's a time period when they can't buy or sell, and there'll be some persecution and some pressure for people to comply. Some Christians may have to head for the hills and and, uh, make some pretty radical changes during that time. Are we in that time now? That's hard to say, but I don't think so, because we are going through a time of trouble. Keep in mind, there have been, there was a great time of trouble in the world, World War I, World War II. There was a pandemic in the 1400s that uh, took millions of lives and Spanish flu shortly after World War I. So we are definitely in a time of trouble. Are we in the small time of trouble? I don't think so. Because during the small time of trouble, there's gonna be religious persecution. I know churches are being told not to gather during this time, but it's not churches. They're telling casinos not to gather. They're telling everybody, doesn't matter what denomination, doesn't matter if you're meeting Friday with the Muslims, Sabbath or Sunday, people are being told, don't gather. I don't think that this is the religious persecution, but I do think it is a time of trouble. There's definitely some economic and medical fallout that's going to happen in connection with this pandemic. You know, we do have a study guide that specifically addresses some of the things relating to the second coming of Christ. It's called the ultimate deliverance. It's one of our more popular Amazing Facts study guides. Uh, What happens just before Jesus comes? What will the second coming of Christ be like? 
And the Bible has answers for that, and we'll be happy to send you that study guide. It's called The Ultimate Deliverance, and the number to call is 800-835-6747. As for the study guide on the second coming of Christ, called The Ultimate Deliverance. Thank you for your call, Kimberly. Next caller that we have is Isaac listening in Missouri. Isaac, welcome to the program. Hello, thank you. Yeah, thanks for calling. Um, My question is uh, about the rich young ruler in Matthew 19, uh, verses 16 and 17. Uh, It said, Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. And so I'm... I was kind of confused why, like, Jesus said, why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. And, you know, Jesus is God. That's a good question. This is what I would call a a rhetorical question. Sometimes you ask a question when you already know the answer and you're trying to get someone to think. Uh, You know, God says to Adam, where are you? Well, it wasn't because God had misplaced him. God sees everything. You cannot flee from his presence. Jesus asked the disciples, what were you arguing about on the road? Well, he knew what they were arguing about. And now he's asking the rich young ruler, why do you call me good? There's no one really good but God. Do you understand? He's saying kind of in a rhetorical way. Do you understand who you're talking to? If only God is good, I am the Messiah, God the Son. Christ is kind of coming at the truth from a different angle with him. He's not denying his goodness. He's claiming his godness. See what we're saying? Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay, thank you. And then, you know, Jesus said, if you would enter into life, here's what you need to do, follow me. Well, if he wasn't good, why would he say follow him? He was acknowledging his goodness, but he was trying to get the young man to see he wasn't just a rabbi. He came to him and said, Master, Rabbi, that's the term I think used in Mark. He said, I'm not just a rabbi. I want you to know who I am. Good question. I appreciate that. Deep within the pages of the Bible... Stories of great heroes, heroes of great deeds, great love, and great sacrifice. But behind them is another hero, hidden in plain sight amid the shadows. He was there from the beginning, and he'll be there until the end. Discover the golden thread of a Savior woven throughout the entire Bible tapestry. Shadows of Light. Seeing Jesus in all the Bible. Get your copy today by calling 800-538-7275 or visit afbookstore.com. For over 50 years, Amazing Facts has shared the wonderful news of salvation and provided millions of Bible resources to people all over the world. We've built churches in India, proclaimed God's Word in China, and have sent free Bible studies around the globe. Today's program and free resources were made possible by our ministry partners, caring individuals like you. If you've been blessed by Amazing Facts, would you please consider partnering with us to reach others with the Bible truth? Your financial support today will help keep programs like this on the air so the blessings you've received can be shared with others. To find out more about becoming a ministry partner, please visit our website at amazingfacts.org. You're listening to Bible Answers Live. 
This broadcast is a previously recorded episode. If you'd like answers to your Bible-related questions on the air, please call us next Sunday between 7 p.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific Time. Call us at 1-800-GOD-SAYS. Next caller that we have is uh, Peyton listening in Arizona. Peyton, welcome to the program. Hello, my name is Peyton Gaither, and I'm 8, calling from Santan Valley, Arizona. Hi, Peyton. And my question, my question is, was there a crowd at Jesus' baptism? Good question, Peyton. Thank you. I think there was a crowd there watching Jesus' baptism. Um, usually baptisms were done publicly, kind of like a wedding. And when Jesus was baptized, John the Baptist said, Behold, now you would not invite people to look at something if there's nobody there to look. And so John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And I think in the Gospel of John, it tells us that, was it Andrew and, I don't know if Andrew and Peter, but Andrew and uh, John, a couple of the disciples were there and they saw that. And they went to Jesus after John the Baptist said it. So yes, Jesus was baptized publicly. Now, maybe you're afraid. Are you thinking of baptism and you're worried about a crowd, Peyton? Are you, are you wondering if there's going to be a crowd at your baptism? I'm baptized. Oh, you are? Okay. Well, good for you. And bless your heart. All right. Well, did that answer your question? Yes, sir. Okay. Hey, appreciate that. You'd also, uh, you'll enjoy the amazing adventure study that uh, Pastor Ross was talking about. It's kids. It's made for kids from eight, which is how old you are, to 12. It'd be perfect for you. Mm-hmm. Just go to the Amazing Facts website. Maybe your parents can look it up for you and search for the Amazing Adventure set of lessons. There's actually a DVD set that goes along with it, and I think you'd really enjoy that. Next caller that we have is Shyla, listening from, uh, looks like, Kentucky. Shyla, welcome to the program. Hello. Thank you so much, both of you, for answering my question. Uh, my question is, is, I, I know of some people that are in fear of a lot of stuff that's going on right now. and But I also know that fear is the beginning of knowledge, and I know that both of you speak so much on that. Um, is the curfew in lockdown implemented on on last Sabbath to New Jersey inside of their statement of being at war with an invisible enemy a foreshadow of the abomination of desolation? Because the reason I ask is because they said that the curfew would start at 9 p.m., in respect to the Sabbath, meaning the Sunday Sabbath. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. And, you know, there are so many Jewish people in New Jersey and New York. I think some of the highest concentrations of uh, Jewish citizens, I grew up in New York City and my mom was Jewish, is, uh, you know, New York, New Jersey, Brooklyn, Miami, and, of course, Israel. And uh, so I'm surprised that they said that. You know, no, I don't think that this is specifically targeting like I said, any denomination, uh, they were probably trying to respect the majority of people in that community that do go to church. They, there's a very large Catholic community and Christian community, and I think they're just trying to respect their time. You know, I do think we are learning, look how quickly civil par- power can be increased when there's a crisis and freedoms can be restricted and where you go and when you go can be restricted. Now, fortunately, we don't have, uh, I don't, haven't seen it in the news where there's like sar- soldiers marching up and down the streets ordering people into their houses. Uh, California's got one of the strongest declarations. And, you know, people are still freely going to the store and doing what they need to do. It does kind of hearken pictures from Revelation. 
And Daniel, when you see what's happening in the news, it almost seems apocalyptic. You know, Pastor Doug, it's so interesting. You see pictures even here in downtown Sacramento, typically a busy, bustling place, and the streets are deserted. It's a strange, yeah. strange feeling. Yeah, and that's not something we, we see. Karen and I were in China a couple times, and and when it first hit Wunan in different cities, people living there sent out some pictures. And we've got some friends that work full-time in China. And whenever you're on the street in China, it's just solid mass of humanity. And to see those big, wide streets empty, that was, it, it was like a, it was like a Hollywood movie. <laughs> you're thinking, is this for real? So something is going on, friends. The whole world is very worried about a high death toll connected with this pandemic. And uh, there's going to be an economic toll connected with it, too. Next caller that we have is Andrew listening from Colorado. Andrew, welcome to the program. Hi, guys. Thanks Thanks for taking my call. I wanted to just quickly ask, I know we don't have much time, but um, what's the difference between seraphim and cherubim? Well, you've got the seraphim that are by the throne of God when you look in Isaiah chapter 6. And the cherubim were on the ark. Pastor Ross is looking it up. You know, as I get older, he's going to have to look it up more often. <laughs> and when you say seraphim, it is plural. So a cherub would be one. Cherubim is plural, meaning more than one. I know that they, they said you've got cherubim on the ark. And when it talks about the creatures in Isaiah chapter 6, by the throne of God, what, what is it? Is that the uh, seraphim? says there were seraphim, yes. Yeah. That's Isaiah chapter 6, verse 2. I'm not for losing my mind. Okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah, they have six wings. Two wings, they cover their face. Two, they cover their feet. And two, they fly. And there are other references in Scripture, but uh, that's at least one of them. But uh, yeah, there, God has got different orders of creatures. You, you read where it talks about that there are different principalities and powers, and even in the angels, good and evil. There are different levels of angels with different responsibilities. And some of that is a little mysterious. I think on the on the curtains of the sanctuary, the veil, they also were embroidering cherubim. These are the ministering spirits it speaks of in Hebrews around the throne of God. Well, thank you. Hope that helped a little bit. And we do, you know, we had a lesson called Message, Angel Messages from Space Talks About Angels. That's right. It's uh, one of our study guides, and we'll be happy to send this to anyone. It's called Three Angels Messages. Actually, Angel Messages from Space is the actual name of the study guide. The number to call is 800-835-6747, and you can ask for that study guide. Uh, maybe time for one more, Pastor Doug. We've got uh, Marlon listening from North Hollywood, California. Okay, Marlon, we got just a moment, a minute. What can we do? Yes, I have a question. Uh, my question is that uh, during the time of Samson, uh, when when he was going to a war with the Philistines, right when he got his eyes cut out, who was king during that era? All right, very good question. That is a trick question. That was not during the era of the kings. It was during the era of the judges. And at the time when Solomon, Samson rather, had his eyes plucked out, he was the judge. It says he was the judge of Israel. He judged Israel for 20 years. You know, what's interesting, though, is Samson probably also lived during the time of Ruth, approximately. But he was from one of the only judges, I think, from the tribe of Dan, which was a little further to the south, and he evidently lived too close to the Philistines. Thank you, Marlon. Sorry to be so short with your answer. I hope it helped a little bit. Listening, friend, we are in extraordinary times. As uh, the founder of Amazing Facts used to say, we are marching off the map right now. That's what they call uncharted waters. 
But God is not surprised by any of this. I think in his word and in the prophecies, he he foresees what's happening. This is a time for us to especially be close to the Lord. I think it's a great time for us to all follow the words of Jesus. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Make that the priority. Coming to the Lord and then going for the Lord. We want to be fully surrendered to Jesus. And then during that same time, we want to be witnesses for Christ. We go and we share. Now, you may not be able to gather in big groups in your church, but that's why Amazing Facts provides online worship services every week. We record these services on uh, Sabbath morning, Saturday, and then many people use them again, not only through that day around the world, but then also on Sunday. They're watching our, our uh, Bible study and our worship services that streams from our location or even the Granite Bay Church website, uh, Granite Bay Facebook page. We want to stay in touch with you. Just go to the Amazing Facts page. You'll find a lot more information and archives of lessons, things to watch online while you're at home, amazingfacts.org. Keep the faith. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. We hope you understand your Bible even better than before. Bible Answers Live is produced by Amazing Facts International, a faith-based ministry located in Granite Bay, California. Do you feel as though your world is spiraling out of control? Or perhaps new life challenges are frightening you more than they should? Are you sinking while you're thinking? Excessive worry can consume you, eating you from the inside out, resulting in sickness, insomnia, and paralyzing fear. It can also damage relationships, ruin opportunities, and yes, diminish your witness for the gospel. Worry affects everybody differently, but it's all driven by fear. So how can you overcome a world full of reasons to be anxious? I'd like to recommend for you my new book, Finding Peace in a World of Worry. You'll discover a lifeline to victory, a place where you can cast your cares upon Christ and experience a serenity that isn't subject to your circumstances. Get your copy of Pastor Doug's Finding Peace in a World of Worry today. Call 800-538-7275 or visit afbookstore.com. Deep within the pages of the Bible, stories of great heroes, heroes of great deeds, great love, and great sacrifice. But behind them is another hero, hidden in plain sight amid the shadows. He was there from the beginning, and he'll be there until the end. Discover the golden thread of a Savior woven throughout the entire Bible tapestry. Shadows of Light. Seeing Jesus in all the Bible. Get your copy today by calling 800-538-7275 or visit afbookstore.com. If you'd like to enhance your study of God's Word, visit our website at www.amazingfacts.org and sign up for our free Bible study course. And make sure to check out our online bookstore at afbookstore.com, which offers thousands of inspiring books, DVDs, and more to help you get the most out of God's Word. To take advantage of the offers you've heard on this broadcast, call us at 800-835-6747 or visit our website at amazingfacts.org. Did you enjoy this program? Make sure to tell your family and friends. 
Tune in next time for more Bible Answers Live. Honest and accurate answers to your Bible questions. 